Wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items, like <gasps> Dave single with a ten piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave single, Dave single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that, chicken Sam crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's Dave's nugs, nugs, Sam Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. In Jesus' listing, who will be blessed and who shall be woed, he has left little room for doubt or question from his audience. Blessed are the poor, the hungry, the weeping, and the despised. But woe, look out, the rich. Those who are full and satisfied, the cheerful and the popular. Jesus' words are without a doubt good news to the poor, the hungry, the weeping, and the despised. Relief is finally here for those who have traveled the rough roads of life. Yet for those on the receiving end of Jesus' woes, good news is hard to find. For those of us whom Jesus would classify as rich, and that is the overwhelming majority of us sitting here today, Jesus' words can leave us wondering where we fit into the kingdom he had come to inaugurate. This is not one of those moments in Jesus' ministry where we can read something into what he has said There are no theological backflips that we can do to undo the blessings and the woes. There's nothing that we can do to let ourselves off the hook for our knowing or unknowingly participating in the marginalization of those who have been told they will finally receive their blessing. So while Jesus is not exactly issuing a curse upon the woed, He is calling them, though, to pay attention to the new order of society that his ministry has begun. Jesus turned the idea of a divine blessing upside down, flipping the notion that God's favor could be seen in prosperity or wealth. Better known today as the prosperity gospel, if you are only faithful enough, your faith will then be rewarded with wealth and prosperity from our Creator. With this mindset of divinely appointed prosperity for a few, those who find themselves on the margins or without, it is thought, are receiving their just reward for their lack of faithfulness or because of perhaps their sins or the sins of the saints who had gone before them. Jesus is proclaiming that the kingdom he has come to inaugurate will leave those on the margins grateful, while those who ignored the needs of those on the margins or profited from them or exploited them, they will be left to reconsider their lives in the light of God's unfolding reign in Christ. Since September, which seems like forever ago, before the baseball playoffs began. We've been considering all of the ways that we have been blessed by God and how God has used us to be a blessing for other people. And now, 
with November being a month where so many of us focus on giving thanks, we are extending the practice of counting blessings into a space of countless or unlimited gratitude. As children, we were taught to be grateful for what we had. And I know many of you can remember sitting around the Thanksgiving table. We still do this with my mom. And we have to name something that we are thankful for. Your family, a bicycle, perhaps because there's no school on Thanksgiving or the day after. But often we are only given 30 seconds or so to prepare to answer this grateful question. And so year after year, we give little effort to the answers that we give around the table. If celebrating and observing a posture of gratitude is such a good thing, why, asks author Diana Butler Bass, is it so hard for us to do? Why is gratitude given its own month with its own parade and often forgotten the rest of the year? Are we part of the 78% of people who feel a strong sense of gratitude in their lives, or are we part of the 22% who are left to figure out why gratitude escapes us? Is our lack of gratitude a byproduct from having gratitude forced upon us at awkward dinners with relatives we rarely see? So over the next four weeks, we are going to consider what it means to reclaim lives of gratitude, being grateful for the world around us, the relationships we have, and for the promised blessing assured to us by Christ's ultimate reign. To accompany this sermon series, as a church, we're going to be studying a book together. The title is Grateful, and the author is Diana Butler Bass. We'll be studying this in Sunday school classes, on Wednesday evenings, on Wednesday mornings, and online. And this will culminate at the end of the month, on November 24th, when Diana will join us here in worship. So today, All Saints Sunday, we are grateful for the great cloud of witnesses, the saints who have gone before us, who now find rest from their earthly labors in Christ. We remember those whose race was finished over the past year, and those who left their earthly bodies years or even generations ago. Today is not a one-time remembrance as the beloved saints of God are on many of our hearts every day. Rather, today is an intentional day in the church calendar, set aside with intentional song, prayer, and sacrament to remember the great cloud with gratitude. When we look at the saints of the church, both past and present, we can often feel as though we owe a debt. Their contributions to our lives were and continue to be so rich, blessing us beyond our wildest dreams, that we often feel that there is a debt that we cannot repay. Their lives of holiness have impacted us in ways that we can never return. With this realization, we transition from a posture of gratitude to a feeling of required transaction. We begin to seek out reciprocity as a moral obligation, because if we do not, we fear. Our lack of response may be viewed by others, or even by ourselves, as ingratitude. 
the idea of quid pro quo, something for something. It's at the heart of Jesus' words in his sermon of blessing and woe. Not unlike today, Jesus' audience lived in a time where the rich and the powerful prospered at the expense of those who found themselves on the margins, those outside the sphere of prosperity and wealth were deemed at times to be less deserving of a divine blessing that had been obviously just bestowed upon the rich and the powerful. The marginalized in the eyes of those on the woeful end of Jesus' words should be grateful for what they had as their lack of divine blessing was thought to be the quo for their quid. We despise being in debt to others. I mean, we don't mind if other people are in debt to us, but repaying something that we can never repay, giving back to the saints for all that they have given us, it leaves us uncomfortable, as uncomfortable as those on the woed ends of Jesus' words. It's easy for us to keep score for how we've been a blessing to others because, frankly, it keeps them in need of us. And us, the woed, feeling blessed. On this All Saints Sunday, we express our gratitude for those saints who've lived lives that corresponded with the Beatitudes, that list of stuff Jesus mentioned after being blessed and woed. Without their witness, we would only be able to believe that we could live lives that that were deserving of Christ's woes. So as we celebrate the saints, and the community we find ourselves in with them, for all of the saints, past and present, the price owed has always been greater than we could ever pay, regardless of how grateful we are. And while we may feel as though we cannot pay the debt owed, know that the something-for-something requirement of this world ended with the inauguration of Christ's kingdom, when Jesus paid for us that which we could not repay. Theologian Karl Barth put it best, grace and gratitude belong together, like heaven and earth. Grace evokes gratitude like voice and echo. Gratitude follows grace like thunder, lightning. It is the grace of God that frees us from feeling, from the feeling of an unpayable reciprocity. And it moves us to a posture of gratitude. Gratitude for the great cloud of saints and also for the saving grace of God. Christ's ministry was and continues to be about the fulfillment of promised compassion and mercy. To everyone who had ever been told or felt there was something owed that could never be repaid. We are the inheritors of a great inheritance and not a great debt. We have received this legacy with gratitude and we cherish it as we await our opportunity to hand it to our children in the same way that we received it from the great cloud. The good news is the debt that we feel is owed for the gratitude we feel towards the great cloud of saints has been paid. We can now freely let down our guard that we have built up and allow a posture of gratitude 
to spread throughout the community of God's beloved saints as we become more aware of just how great this cloud is. Thanks be to God. Amen.